Hello, and welcome to the Transgender Why Should I Care podcast, where two cisgender ladies on a mission for tolerance talk about the basics of the transgender community. Normally, uh, we would have research links in our description box, but today we are not talking about research. I know, a little different. Today, we are going to be talking about Dr. Meacham's personal connection and experiences with the transgender community. Hi, um, I would like to introduce my kids. Um, I'm excited to be joined by two of my three children. I'm here with my middle child, my daughter, Zoe Burke. Hi. And my son, Liv Stoffel. Hello. Now we just, um, we're actually at Zoe's right now. Zoe um, is an English teacher for a community college and we're all visiting together down here and just thought that it would be a really great time um, to include a couple of people here um, in our podcast beyond what we normally do. So we're excited to talk about our experiences today. Awesome. So let's get started. Let's just dive into some family questions. So for Liv, right off the bat, when did you first come to the realization that you were transgender? And can you tell us a little bit about that journey? I, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know. I always, I never really felt like a girl, but I just felt more ambiguous about my life and my choices and just would interact with whoever it, but I, it was like, you know, when you go through puberty that, kind of sucks for you if you're trans. So it is like, well, I realized, you know, I was like, mm, well, it's not for me. I'm good. And um, it, it was like, I realized that I actually had, it was like in the back of my head, like I kind of knew, but I realized I had to actually do something about it when it was like, I was wearing um, a tank top that I had folded into like a figure eight and then, so it was double bound over my chest instead of a bra. And I was walking to Spanish class and almost passed out. I was like, I should probably actually like do something. Like, this is not optimal. I got to do something else. And that was when I was like, oh, I should probably, you know, tell my family. I should probably be like, yeah, there's like, I need like an actual binder. Like, so, so like I don't experience permanent damage from this. Um, I'd had several friends and I, you know, still have friends that are trans. Um, West Virginia has a lot more trans people than I think anybody actually realizes. But um, I knew like three or four trans kids just in my own grade. And so it was, it wasn't really coming out. It was like, well, I was already friends with them and I already was not super feminine acting or seeming. So it was just kind of like, I don't know, never something you actually said, but more just like something that was presumed over time. Okay, so is that really what like pushed you to come out? Was the bra incident or? It was like the fact that I was, I was perfectly fine like dressing or doing whatever on my own, but I was like, well, as soon as like it's a financial thing, like you have to actually buy like good binders that won't like crush your ribs and like, you know, make you pass out and unable to breathe. I was like, yeah, I should probably, you know, mom would probably like to know. So I, she can like buy me this stuff. I had like done all the research myself. Like I knew people who had binders. I was like, yeah, I probably should. 
Well, and actually, you know, when I think about this, Liv, that for a while, like you talked about just being agender. Yeah, like Mm non-binary. Because I I was kind of like dipping my toe into the pool of being transgender, feeling like for a while I felt pretty genderless because I was kind of unsure. But then as I like, um, I, I just kept realizing that I wanted like binders and like masculine clothing and I was really into just masculine things that I was like, I'm probably like a guy. I just kind of like, hmm, it just seems like that would make more sense. So I started going with that and it made me, you know, feel more comfortable. So for Dr. Meacham and Zoe, um, did either one of you notice signs that Liv might be transgender before he came out? Like he talks about being uh, claiming genderless or saying that like he had always kind of been a little masculine. Is that something you guys picked up on? Um, It's something that I didn't really notice at the time. I just thought that, you know, Liv was this this weird little girl who just wasn't like other little girls. Um, It wasn't until after he came out and looking back that things started to make a lot more sense. Um, So the one example that really uh, is kind of this like anchor point for me that stands out is when I came back home from college over the summer um, and I had gotten really into makeup at college. And so, of course, I wanted to test out makeup on my little sister um, or who I thought was my little sister. Because that's, you know, something that little girls are often, I think, very into is experimenting with femininity and playing dress up and, you know, trying to be older than they are. Uh, And so I asked Liv if um, he wanted to try on makeup and like, let me experiment with putting on eyeliner and lipstick and nail polish and stuff. And he was just not into it. And that, it was kind of like weird. I was like disappointed. And I thought that he just, you know, didn't like me and didn't want to hang out with his older sister. But no, it turns out he was just not into makeup because he wasn't a little girl. I remember Zoe did like eyeliner on me, like cat eyeliner. You you did enter it once ever. And then that was it. It felt extremely like doing drag. Like even then I was just like, wow, this is really weird. Hmm. Yeah. Not even in a negative way. I was just like, hmm. And so, but like looking back, it makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, that is something that if you're not a little girl, that's not going to be something that you're going to want to engage in. I know myself, um, being Liv's mom, it really came as a big surprise to me. Like when I think back about um, like all through the childhood I didn't see any signs that Liv um, was uncomfortable with girls' clothing. I mean, all three of my kids played with like a wide variety toy, so you know that wasn't um, that wasn't really a sign either. And but I know prior to Liv telling me that he felt you know he was non-binary that. Um, we'd been buying a whole bunch of clothes that were fairly feminine. Um, do you remember like yes. the scarves? Oh, the like scarf there was a period. Like, I, I would a wear huge scarf so many phase. scarves that they actually changed the dress code at my school <laughs> to not allow me to wear that many scarves. That was scarves. your fault? Yes. <laughs> I I, just, well, they, were like, you, they were like, you can't keep wearing. I was, oh, I looked like a mummy. I would just like wrap myself <laughs> up in scarves. 
be like wait were you wearing more than one scarf at a time you like two or three i was wearing them like wrapped around my arms and legs and like just my neck someone (laughs) asked me if i was like a terrorist because i had one that kind of looked like a like a kafaya like around my like head and face they were like i was like no what is why would you even ask me that when i remember um our first trip when we took our first trip out to oklahoma and i don't even know why but for some reason we had decided to buy lib these outfits that would um traditionally be worn by women um in india like and i can't even now remember what they're called not the saris but the kind that would be like more of a tunic with the mm-hmm. pants under it and they were beautiful we bought them and you yeah. wore them to uh the uh, fair in Oklahoma in yeah, 90 degree weather. And so there was always like this um, interest in clothes. So I, I think like what really started making um, me think was like when Lib didn't want like shampoo, like was complaining like, you know, the shampoo that and body wash and stuff I would normally buy that would either be like, you know, fruit fragrances or flowery or something did not want that at all. Like, but other than that, until Liv really talked to me about it, I was, I was very surprised. Yeah. I I think that it's been for me. I've always really liked, I've always really liked just kind of like, just like feminine, but it's weird to me. I've always been in my entire life kind of overtly aggressive just because of, you know, how my brain works and ADHD. Um, But I think that it, it's weird. I'm, I'm, I guess, atypically transgender, but I've always been really interested in like women's clothing in a way that I do feel like is just like wanting to do drag. Like, it's so strange to me. It's hard to explain, but it's like, oh, that would be really weird if I did that. Like, it's not like, oh, that's normal clothes I would wear, but it's like, it would be really like- Like the feminine yeah, is like yeah. a costume? Yeah, and I, I remember one year, it was for like the next to last day of school, or like the last day of school or something. Dad, um, I I put on like lipstick and I like dyed my hair pink and I was like wearing all these feminine, but it was like overbearingly, like the way that a drag queen would be. It was just, it's hard to explain, but it's, I don't know. It, it makes me feel more masculine to dress really overtly feminine in that way. I don't know that that makes any sense, but that's just kind of how I feel. That's definitely interesting though, the appreciation for drag. Um, So again, Liv and Dr. Meacham, what were your reactions when Liv came to you saying, I'm gender non-binary and then eventually I'm transgender? Um, I, so I don't know that Liv ever came out in a very like explicit kind of way. Like, I don't remember you ever telling me like, hey, I am non-binary or hey, I am, you know, a trans male or whatever. Uh, I think it was more that I just kind of heard it through like the family grapevine sort of that, uh, you know, I would hear from my mom or my older sister, like, hey, Liv is preferring these pronouns now. Um, But, you know, I, I don't think that we ever talked about it, but I was always very, I don't know, I, I tried really hard to use the pronouns um, and I do still slip up sometimes, but it is something that I've always tried to be as on top of as I can. Um, I think at first I was a little hesitant because um, I was worried that it was this eighth grader, ninth grader, and they eighth graders and ninth graders are weird. And I was worried that it was going to be, you know, just a phase. 
but then the more that I realized like, no, this is who he actually is. This is genuine. This is something that I need to take seriously and be supportive of and be overtly supportive of. Um, then I did everything that I could and still do everything that I can to be as openly supportive as possible. Um, just cause I know how, how important that is, uh, to trans youths. Was there a moment that that clicked for you or was it just more over time? Um, I think that it, it was gradual, but I think the moment, if I had to choose a moment would be when we were at, I think it was um, my husband's family. We were, they were having a cookout. And of course, all of my siblings and parents were invited. And I had requested that people start using uh, male pronouns for Liv, um, just to be, you know, respectful and accepting and everything. And Liv at this party and being referred to correctly was just like a, a different person than he had been. Because um, before he had been a little, what's the word? Reclusive. Uh, yeah, I was going to say reserved, just <laughs> very, um, Inward, withdrawn. yes, withdrawn is maybe a good word. And at this party, he was actually talking and interacting, and it was like he was a totally different person. And that's when I realized, oh shit, this makes a difference. Like this is so important to who he is. Um, and I realized that I, I wanted that to keep going. I wanted him to be a, a real person, and it was great. And I realized that being accepting was the way to, to do that. I've been thinking myself um, as Liv's mom, like when was the moment that Liv came out? And I don't remember any specific moment where Liv, you know, this like classic kind of moment where Liv sat down and was like, mom, I need to talk to you. But what I do remember, and please correct me Liv, if mm -hmm. there was something earlier, what I do remember is um, we went to Walmart and just to go shopping and Liv said, I'll be right back. Um, I need to get some things. And I'm like, well, you want me to just like, well, we can just go get them. I mean, you know, that was abnormal for Liv to just kind of come in and take off and do his own thing. And he said, no, 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 no. So later, like Liv caught up to me after I was in the grocery section, Liv was that had been to the like health and beauty aisle and had come back and had brought, you know, um, male, masculine, deodorant, shampoo, body wash. Um, and then it was, um, I think the first thing you requested, like Liv said, I really need some sweatpants or something like that and a hoodie. And so, you know, I started to head towards the um, section where the girls clothes were and Liv's like, no, I want these things. And I remember just saying like, are you sure? Like these are, what? It was that bright green, orange, Yellow, yeah, the bright neon, neon hoodie. Good I love it. It's so good. <laughs> well, because I like it because I, I, I don't know. It's like it's a bright color, bright, bright vibes. Feel good. Yeah. So that was really when it started to dawn on me, like, oh, um, and that was after. I think that was after Liv had already said something about um, you know, being non-binary. Because I remember soon after that having a conversation and saying, would you be more comfortable if I referred to you using male pronouns? And Liv said, yeah, and my honest to goodness, my 
reaction was, wow, that's a good because that's a lot easier for me than trying to use the um, the neutral they, them, theirs. Um, I always, you know, being the age I am, I always struggle with that a little bit. So it was um, a little bit easier for me to use the male pronoun. So yeah. that was like the big coming out. It was more like, I think you confronting me, you were like, do you identify as a male? I'm like, I guess. I, don't, I was like, sure. it wasn't that harsh. Well, yeah, but I remember with mom, with clothing specifically, like clothing that I wear every day. I, I, I can clearly remember my mom. Mom always wanted to buy me these things that were like pink with rhinestones and sequins. Because I like. That. Yeah, and I was like, and I would say every time I'd be like, Mom, I think this is just stuff you want to wear. Like I don't think. Ouch. And mom was like, yeah. <laughs> and we so we would always have that. Like that we I would say that every time. I'd be like, what if you got this? And it's like, Hello Kitty, but she's wearing like heels and it's like her eyes are like little, you know, rhinestones that are like rainbow <laughs> colors. I'm like, Mom, this is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. I'm not wearing this. So even if I, you know, have an interest in, you know, feminine clothing occasionally, it's like, I am not, I'm like, this isn't, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to pass. Like, I'm good with that. Uh, and that was kind of always the thing with mom with like, oh, well, I'll just buy you like female clothing. And I'm like, let's just like try, let's try something else. <laughs> let's try something else out. And which was when mom was like, are you sure? Like, are you, do you really, I'm like, Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so how has Liv's uh, transition affected you personally for Zoe and Dr. Meacham? Um, well, for me, it, it hasn't affected me, like my sort of social life, I guess, at all. Um, it is kind of fun to say like my older sister and little brother, because I've so secretly, I always wanted a little brother. That was something yeah, that I, yeah, like, yeah. an experience that I saw in movies and TV and would have loved to have had. And I had it all along, and I just <laughs> didn't realize it. Yeah. Um, but no, so that's kind of like a, I don't know, guilty pleasure, I guess, to <laughs> be able to say that I have a little brother. Um, but uh, I, I would say that the biggest effect has been with um, some of my in-laws because they're, it's a little tougher to get them to consistently, you know, use the correct pronouns. Um, but I've been able to work them over a little bit. And they have also seen how Liv has kind of blossomed now. Um, and so I think they've, they've seen the change. And so they're, they're definitely supportive now. Um, but yeah, I would say only, only good things, no bad things. I think for me as Liv's mom, which I know is pretty typical, is the um, just having almost in my head kind of to do a 180. Not that, um, not that Liv, regardless of gender, was necessarily going to, you know, fit any type of typical pattern of like, you know, high school social life or, you know, and, and I didn't really, I've never really been a mom to like have these, you know, real strict dreams for my kids. Like you must be queen of the homecoming parade or something like that. That's just never been me. But um, 
for a while, you know, I just had that where I thought I missed that little girl that I had. And, um, and I know we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast, that that's like something that I personally had to work out and work through. That's nothing for Liv to, you know, deal with or, or think about. And I, and I know that um, Liv is still the same person that he's always been. Liv, but I, I think what's been really wonderful for me, like what Zoe said, is that seeing Liv happy when Liv probably, if I think back, like, going back even to family photos of when Liv was little, mm-hmm. you know, Liv wasn't smiling in many of the yeah, family the photos. Of me in like my first day of kindergarten and I'm making just like neutral, like <laughs> stone face. Yeah, I look like I'm about to fire somebody. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I always, <laughs> I always thought it looked like anxiety. I always said like, you're the poster child for anxiety. I didn't know. I knew that I wasn't anxious. <laughs> As a kid, I was always really just like, hyperactive aggressive i was just very like we could tell the cheeseburger story uh, but maybe we won't but anyway we'll pass on the cheeseburger story for today i just to be able to see Liv happy um was kind of like the proof for me Mm -hmm. that um everything was on the right track we also talked last podcast too about the whole like rapid gender dysphoria thing Mm -hmm. and so i was really frightened um, you know, trying to make decisions like, am I doing the right thing? Because there were certain members of our family that um, were not that, you know, would be more likely to identify with the whole like rapid gender dysphoria bit and say like, this is just a phase, you shouldn't be doing this. But I think over time, everybody's pretty much um, been on board and see because live has seemed so um, much happier and so much himself. Like I even told Liv a couple of months ago, like, you know what, if you were to like come out of your room and you had a dress on, that would like freak me out. You know, like I just, I can't think of or see Liv as anything other than my son now. And when Liv first told me and I was getting used to the idea, I didn't think that day would come. I wasn't upset about it. It was just, it was different and it was a change. And it took a while for me to um, like automatically start using the pronouns. Even now, like I started to come stop and I, I kind of think like, okay, okay, they use the right pronouns just because, you know, I guess what was that when you were like 14 or 15, that's a lot of years of, mm. of using, you know, a particular set of pronouns. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a, uh, did we talk about that last time? Yeah. The jar, the jar on the court on the uh, counter so that if we accidentally use the wrong pronoun, put a little quarter in there, just a little something extra, you know, to, to help awareness. But, you know, my husband's been really wonderful and supportive since day one. My mother, who is, how old is she? She's 82. I think she is now. Uh, my 82-year-old mother, just very wonderful and supportive. Um, it's been nice. Family, friends. Uh, we, I don't think we've had anybody who's been um, problematic. Yeah. That's so awesome. Before we continue, I am actually going to talk about our charity of the week. So every single podcast, we try to highlight a charity or organization that does promote uh, trans equality. 
And this week we have chosen to highlight the Trans Youth Equality Foundation. According to their website, the Trans Youth Equality Foundation provides education, advocacy, and support for transgender children, youth, and their families. Their mission is to share information about the unique needs of this community, partnering with families, educators, and service providers to help foster a healthy, caring, and safe environment for all transgender children. One of the major resources they offer is a camp for transgender youth, which you can apply to become a part of as a camp member or an intern, depending on your age and status. Their website also offers resources to transgender youth as well as their parents and educators. So if you would like to donate and you have the means to do so, or you think you would like to be a part of that camp or an intern, please click on the link in the description box and donate today or sign up today. That link will also be on our website. So jumping back into the questioning, um, this is for everyone. So knowing what you know now, is there anything regarding live you coming out uh, sort of or the transition itself that you would have done differently well my answer to that is always that i would have done it sooner <laughs> that's my main thing um i think that i'm and many trans guys i know are like this i guess it's just like a thing that guys are like is they get very like stubborn and self-reliant they're like i don't need anybody to help me transition i can do it myself it's fine and so it's like you end up getting yourself into this place where you're like oh i actually have to ask somebody to help me with it oh and then you you know when you do it it's like such a man thing (laughs) but then when you do it you're like oh okay well this is probably better than trying to like trek it on my own like I, i feel better about this. So I kind of wish that I had done that sooner just because I think that like, I uh, I know that the, even within the trans community, the uh, idea of, you know, starting hormones during slash before puberty is very contentious. But for myself personally, I wish that I had, I'm still comfortable with myself now. I just think that, you know, living more of your life as the gender you identify as is a positive thing just overall so that's like the main thing for me is that i just would have done it sooner i think that um is similar to what i wish like i wish i had would have known sooner so that we could have started using puberty blockers i would have been definitely all for that and i think that there's just a lot of um you know physical discomfort that it would have been nice for Liv not to have gone through. Um, plus I think it would make the um, transition, physical transitioning easier. So, you know, I just really, once I started to learn about the importance of puberty blockers, I just had wished for that, that I would have known sooner also. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's again, the same thing. I wish that I had been a little more, um, what's the word, like excited and, word uh, enthusiastic i wish that i had been more enthusiastic about my um acceptance uh sooner because like i said before i was a little hesitant because you know little kids change their minds maybe this was just a phase and i i wish that i had not uh thought that and i wish that i had been more accepting sooner you're transgender male status like how how has your life changed? i think that out? for me the main 
changes is that just that like I get to do more of what I want to do with myself, like starting on testosterone and being able to, it's easier. I don't have to like have all this just inside my head. Like, oh, I have to figure out some way to not seem like sketchy if I buy masculine clothing. I have to like go through all these back channels. It just makes life easier in a lot of ways. Like if I ask mom to buy me a pair of jeans, she's not gonna get ones that have like sequins on the pockets <laughs> on the back. She'll be like, oh, okay, I'll just get you like normal jeans. I'm like, okay, just normal jeans. Uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot about Dr. Meacham's sense of style today. I'm very excited. Big thing about Dr. Meacham is that she's a fan of sequins. Don't tell too many secrets. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just made stuff easier. It's made things easier. I mean, I've I've always been a weird kid. Like, you know, I've always been a strange child. Um, Just like mental illness, also just my personality. Uh, So people... I don't know. I never really got like bullied at school. Like there were people who were mean to me, but it was mostly because I was mean to them. Like I I was, I would just say mean things to people. So I've I've gotten a lot better at that now as I'm like, you know, children are kind of psychos, but I, I think that it's, it hasn't changed in that aspect. Like I don't feel like people are meaner to me like i i don't think i don't know because i have always been weird like i i've been called i was called slows like once ever in like in a negative way by someone who i wasn't friends with because you know your friends you were also trans we just kind of talk like that but i don't know i mean you would think that it would be worse i live in a pretty conservative area, I would say. So you would think it would be worse, but I think that people just kind of always knew that I was different. Like I've never been catcalled ever in my life. Maybe it was because I was just a really ugly girl, but like, I think that I, I don't have any problem with that. Like, you know, like I've just, I've never been treated like a typical girl because I never really was even before I knew that I was trans. And I think that everybody kind of understood that even before I did. Like someone called me a slow for a trans person before I knew that I was trans. It's just kind of always been how I've been. So I think that the main thing that's been different is just that everything that I would have had to do on my own otherwise is a lot easier. So Liv, how has your life changed since embracing? She was, yeah, she seemed a little freaked out, but but she said, oh, I, I, I don't know. Let me go get the doctor. And then I just started talking to her about something else. And then, but everybody, I guess the point I want to make, everybody has been so helpful in this little conservative town where I didn't expect that. I thought that people would be mean. And I thought that people would, you know, maybe whisper or say something um, rude, but nothing. Everybody's been super helpful. Um, I do have to say one of the things I've struggled with, though, is um, because I'm a Christian, is finding a church. Um, I was a, a member of denomination for a really long time that recently came out in not being supportive of any LGBTQ rights. So I distanced myself from that. And so that's been a big thing pre-COVID, you know, was trying to find a church where 
I, I felt like my child would be accepted because I'm not willing to go to one where my child's not accepted. So other than that, and, and in all fairness, I do have to say I have never been um, rejected by personally by any church or, or any church members whatsoever. But I was just kind of proactively deciding to try to find churches that are more aligned with social justice issues. Yeah, I think that definitely I noticed that at least like when it's just like minor things, like if someone uses the wrong pronouns for me, or just like acts strange towards me. I think that my, you know, my mom, Dr. Meacham, is much more, <laughs> is much Dr. more mom. offended by it than I am because I just kind of, I, you know, I deal with it all the time, but I think that that's a thing that cis people kind of do is they're like, they experience it a lot less. So they're not used to it. Like when it happens, they're like, Oh my God, did that just happen? It's like, yes, this happens all the time. It's fine. Like, I don't know. That's a definitely a thing that like, I noticed the difference between trans people I know and cis people I know, which is, you know, most people I know that they, that if they are, you know, supportive of trans people, that they are definitely more bothered by that stuff than trans people themselves. Well, and some of that's just being your mom. Like, that's I know right. that I would grill live. Like, was anybody mean to you today? Did anybody, like, look at you the wrong way? You know, who did you have lunch with? Just with what whole, child do I have to fight? <laughs> that's right. With the idea, like, if I have to go down to that school and make sure that, you know, nobody's bullying you, um, and, and I recently had a conversation with the vice principal at the school where Liv's attending and just told her that, you know, I've been so impressed that this school has been supportive um, and that Liv's not experienced, to my knowledge, any bullying. Sometimes I think Liv worries about telling me because Liv doesn't never, want me to go down well, no, and, it's not, and I wouldn't <laughs> cause even, a scene. I wouldn't describe it as supportive. It's more like I know, this is probably an awful comparison, but it's really like, don't ask, don't tell. It's like, as long as you don't make it our problem, we won't make it your problem. <laughs> like, it's just, and I'm okay with that. Like, I know that that isn't for everybody. And again, I think that's because I grew up in a conservative area and that other people are very like adamant, like, oh, I want teachers to address me by a different name or by different pronouns. But as long as nobody bothers me, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm fine. Yeah, no reaction is better than a... Yeah, negative, negative reaction. And I think that in some cases, pushing people is what makes them mm -hmm. really upset. I think that I get more respect from people in this area than other trans people I know, because I don't really make it difficult for anybody around me. That isn't to say that I don't think trans people should be proactive in getting the things that make them feel comfortable. It's just been my own personal experience. For Zoe and Dr. Meacham, did you notice a difference in the way people treated you after Liv came out? Like, did anyone say anything? Did anyone approach you? Did people get um, weird so around I you? I did not very much. Um, and I think most of the reason for that is because I was, you know, four hours away in graduate school. And most of the people that I interacted with on a daily basis were not um, people who had ever met Liv. And... So the the only, I guess, one thing that I did notice at that point was um, I at one point was talking about my younger brother to uh, one of my coworkers, and she said, oh, I thought that at the beginning of the semester when we did icebreakers that you said that you had two sisters. And so my response was, well, at that point, I thought that I did have two sisters, but <laughs> turns out 
I only had the one and then instead I had a little brother. Um, but that was really the only sort of confusion or concern um, on that end. But uh, my in-laws, the, the people that I interact with um, the most that do know live, um, they, I think, have been a little bit more cautious, perhaps. Um, they definitely don't, um, they're not quite as, oh, I don't know how to say this in a way that is appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and not that they were ever like inflammatory about anything, um, but I think that once they knew that I had a sibling who is trans, they realized that they needed to be a little more careful around me. PC. And so, I, yeah, so I, I, I don't think that they're just hiding their secret transphobic agenda or anything. I do think that they actually um, have become more accepting, but I did notice that that level of, well, I just don't get it kind of rhetoric uh, did decrease after Liv came out. Um, but I don't think that that's just a way that they are treating me differently. I do think that it is a fundamental change um, within within them and their beliefs. So, yeah, I don't. I haven't really noticed too much. I've tried to be really proactive um, about telling the people that are important. You know, obviously extended family members, um, friends, but the the people I know, um, they they've been pretty supportive. I think that it's, it's almost like it makes, how do I even say this? I think it makes other people feel better because I've always been a weird kid or did or acted in ways that weren't things that normal girls would do. I think that it was almost a relief to some people. They were like, Oh, that's why. Okay. That, that explains everything. Yeah, They were like, okay. Okay. They're like, okay, well that, that makes sense then. And yeah. they're like, I could just go on with my, instead of being like, Hmm. All the time. They were like, oh, okay. Okay. So I think for some people it was like, finally an answer. Yeah. Like, okay, that's why you are that way. And now I can just go on with my day and don't have to like worry about what's going on. Did you notice a way, a difference in the way like your friends or people at school treated you after coming out or it's was it just it's kind of business as usual? It's hard to explain because there, I think there is a level of like when I, you know, showed up to school with like, a buzz cut who started just cutting my hair really short. And when I would like wear binders just all the time, I think that people like, even if they didn't really understand what was happening, they kind of knew that it, they were like, mm. nobody really bothered me about it though. Like people in my grade, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're all, maybe they have like a group chat where they're all talking about how <laughs> I'm trans behind my back, but I just don't really see that happening. Anybody who I've like, I mean, I don't know. My friends are all chill about it because most of my friends are either, you know, they're LGBT in some fashion or at least accepting of those kinds of people because they're kind of strange too. So I think that it's the main thing is just people are like, oh, okay. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've said before, I'm, I think that growing up in a conservative area has changed the way, the way that I am trans. Like with pronouns, I, you know, I feel better, I guess, when people use male pronouns, but it's never been the main thing that bothers me. Um, and I think that my friends might have more problems with it. 
but I'm just very, like, I understand why people would use female pronouns for me. Like, I, that doesn't bother, like, I am five foot two, like, that doesn't bother me. So, you know, I have my personal anxieties, but I think if people treat me different, uh, like, I'm, I just, it doesn't really get to me. I'm just kind of aware that that's how things go. So if, you know, I've been, like, surprised. I'm like, wow, nobody's really harassed. I'm like, I haven't. Nothing bad has like happened to me as a result of this kind of ever. Well, I'd like, uh, you probably remember um, when we first were trying to get Liv's testosterone injections together and needed to find like syringes and all this stuff. And I remember stopping by, um, it was like a MedExpress and we live in a small town. So stopping at this MedExpress so Liv, what has been the hardest part of your journey and uh, what has the been the hardest easiest? part has always been just being willing to ask other people for help when I need it. Like being willing to be like, okay, I don't have to do everything myself. Let me just, I can, I can just ask questions or ask for things. It's, I don't know, that, but that's a struggle for me personally. I know that other trans guys I know have much worse experiences with dysphoria. Dysphoria is a thing that I experienced, but it's never been like the worst thing because I can sort of just like, I just don't think about it. And then I'm fine, which I guess is also like a very guy thing to do where you're just like, I'm just not going to think about this and you just ignore it. Um, but I know that it just depends on the person. And for me personally, it's always just been like being willing to ask other people for help. So I then what has been the easiest part of your journey? I don't know. It's all kind of just one long extended march and I don't really know where I'm going, but I, I, I hope I know when I get there. Um, just kind of transitioning is a lifelong project. And I think that the easiest thing has just been like, I mean, the people around me are very supportive. I don't know that I ever really expected them not to be because they had been, you know, they knew that trans people existed and they never were like overtly transphobic just off, you know, offhand. So I think that the easiest part has just been like the people I know kind of, you know, being very accepting and just being like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll call you whatever pronouns you want. I'm like, yeah, I could get you guys to call me anything. Like I, <laughs> you guys, you guys are so like, you would just say anything. That's great. Like they're just, they've, I know that they care about me a lot and that makes kind of everything easier. So as Liv's family members, what has been the hardest part for you? And then what has been the uh, easiest? For me, I would say the hardest part, at least like the most consistently challenging part is the pronouns and I'm getting better. Um, but there's a lot of times where in my head, I think I still have that default um, setting of live as like little sister, because I mean, like you said, mom, um, before that it's, it was what 13, 14 years of yeah. that being ingrained in my head. And so having to unlearn that many years worth of that is challenging. Um, and it's, I mean, it gets easier every day. And sometimes I look back at the pictures on Facebook or ones that I posted to Instagram where I refer to Liv as a little sister or with female pronouns. 
and it makes me cringe. It's like, oh, that's not right. That isn't who Liv is. Um, so I, it's something that I have to constantly make sure that I uh, emphasize in my own head. Uh, so I'm getting there, but it is still the process of unlearning a decade and a half worth of, of what I had learned. Um, and so that is definitely challenging. I think for me, especially at first, what was hardest is like, I raised girls and um, like, I didn't really know how to raise sons. And so that was a new thing. And just kind of like the things that I would normally do, like I loved buying, you know, clothes for my kids and, you know, jewelry, pretty things, all these like girl things. And to kind of switch up that kind of thinking, you know, as as shallow almost as it might sound, but I'm thinking like, it's just not quite as fun and exciting <laughs> to buy boys clothes. It's just, there's not, I don't know. That was kind of giving up that, like, um, that, trying to make the transition, I should say, rather than giving up, trying to make that transition of raising a daughter to raising a son was, is challenging and was challenging for me. And then also trying, you know, because raising girls, I am a girl. That was, that was pretty easy. And then trying to think about like, who can be these um, good male role models for live. I mean, fortunately we do have those um, within our extended family that can provide that for live. Um, but, you know, so worrying about that kind of thing, like who can be this male role model for live? Probably the easiest, um, the easiest part of all of this was just how accepting that um, Eve, my other daughter, and Zoe were, how accepting um, Liv's dad, Liv's stepmother, Liv's stepfather, Liv's grandmother, um, all of these relatives. I know that um, even Zoe first had questions, like their biggest concern was like, okay, how do you know that this just isn't um, a phase? And, you know, Liv gave us that proof so beautifully by just when being accepted as a guy was so much happier. Mm -hmm. And between that and, of course, the reading that, you know, I did and the research that I did gave me some, you know, background information. And so how easily Eve and Zoe and Liv's dad accepted my answers when they said, how do you know it's not just a phase? Um, that really helped a lot. I think if we had had um, family members who had not been willing to um, be open to the idea and accepting, it would have made everything much more difficult. Yeah, I definitely, uh, the easiest part for me was just seeing how wonderful Liv was after coming out and being accepted. And that, again, like my mom said, was the proof. Like, that was all that I needed. Um, not that I, you know, need a justification to accept uh, my younger brother. But it was just so wonderful and heartwarming. And, it, like, I, I, I can't even put it into words. But it was just the best feeling to see this person that you love and that you had 
seen just reclusive and withdrawn for years suddenly come out of their shell and literally yeah like yeah literally come out and be this wonderful little person and it's i mean <laughs> like you said you're five two yeah wonderful little person that's how i describe myself but it was it just that has been the best part of all of this is to see live just turn into a wonderful young man so, Liv, what would you want oh, others man. to know I mean, about your journey? I, I think that uh, there's, like I said, I have known several trans men in my life who were the same age as me or older than me. And I think that something that's been really, that I've been thinking about just recently, like within the past like couple weeks, is that there are just so many different types of trans guys, which like should make sense, like, there were many different types of cis guys. Um, so, but I, I've just been thinking about that a lot, that you don't really have to conform to any one particular standard and you can kind of be whatever you want to be. That's part of like my goal is I want to get to the point where I can, you know, I feel comfortable enough and can pass enough that I would like do drag and be seen as like a guy wearing girls clothing rather than, you know, a girl. And I, for other people, they're like, God, no, I would never do that. For some people, they were like, I would wear girls' clothing normally. It's just, you can just do whatever you want. I just want people to know that. You can literally just do whatever you want. Gender is fluid. It, just be yourself. It's just so important. People say this all the time. Like, oh, but with trans guys, it's harder to get to them because they're, they're guys. It's They get very resistant. I, I know I know trans guys who are literally toxically masculine, like just adopt toxic masculinity. And you know, I know why, like I get it. They're like, if I do this, it'll make me more of a guy. And kind of, yeah, but you probably still shouldn't. Like, I think that people feel like they have to conform to some specific set of standards, but you could just really, like just experiment with stuff. It's fine, you know? You, you've got your whole life ahead of you and you should just feel free to, be who you are the way you want to be. So along those same lines, what advice would you give to other teens who are struggling to come out? The metaphor I can use for this is, um, it's imagine it as someone who's trying to start a union. You have to put feelers out to make sure that people aren't going to be really against it. And if you know people who would be very against it, you're like, okay, that's not one of the people that I'm going to involve in me coming out. That's not going to be one of the people who I tell specifically. It's, especially in areas like this and other trans guys I've known, you, it can be bad. You can have negative reactions. You can experience negative things. Many trans people live in areas where, you know, luckily that's not even a possibility or the family they live in is very liberal or just accepting regardless of politics. Um, but I think that making sure that the people you're telling will be supportive of you is good. I, cause I worry about safety. I know that for a lot of people, um, it comes down to just getting the nerve to tell people like just having to like do it. But I, I just have always been, you know, better be safe than sorry. And I know that that's kind of a scary thing to say, but I've known people who have been in bad situations and I wouldn't wish that on anyone else. I think that with like the advent of the internet and online communities in conjunction with 
being trans being more of a thing is no coincidence. You have more people who you can relate to that you don't feel unsafe talking to. And I think that you should get that, but also in real life. It's very important. And if you can't have, if your family members aren't supportive, find friends. If those friends aren't supportive, buddy, you probably need to get new friends. And that <laughs> sucks, but you have to do what you have to do so that you're safe and that you can be who you want to be. That's the bottom line. You shouldn't compromise that for anybody. So continuing with that, what advice would you give to cisgender people who have a transgender friend that who I has would recently give is come that out? It's going to be a lot easier than you think it's going to be. It's, and I, you know, just, I think that people have all these expectations or ideas and anxieties. Cis people, like I said before, are very, like they can get more worried about this stuff than, you know, trans people. But they, they, it's like um, within trans communities, we have like, you know, memes about cis people. It's like, oh, when your cis friend like misgenders you and then starts crying in public because they feel really bad that they hurt your feelings. It's like, no, just move on. Like, <laughs> correct yourself and move on. It's fine. And I think cis people get so like, just high strung, like they're just very hesitant, like they're walking on eggshells. And that's the last thing that trans people want. They just want to be treated like normal people because they are normal people. And I think cis people just, I know it's hard to, to change the idea that you've had of someone for several years or even just like a couple of weeks, however long you've known this person, maybe you've known them your whole life. That's hard. It's difficult to change your perception of someone. But I think that when you can see how happy they are, when you can see like how badly that would be something that they would want or that that is something that they need to feel themselves and feel comfortable, that if you truly care about that person, it just gets a lot easier and that they just want to be treated as a normal person like anybody else. So for the family, what would you say to other families who are struggling with the transition My of their family of members? My biggest would be don't second guess anything. If they tell you that they are trans or non-binary or just gender non-conforming in any way, um, just accept it. Like point blank, accept it, say, yes, that's great. What can I do for you? Um, don't hesitate. Don't, you know, ask them for proof or whatever. Um, just say yes, tell them you love them, and then ask what you can do for them. I think as a mom, what I would say to other moms and dads is that um, this is your kid. It's your kid you loved the same before they told you that's still standing here in front of you. So continue to love them and they're gonna need your support. You're also gonna need to, su to have support, but you need to separate those things. So you need to make sure that you find the help and support, whether that's through an online community, whether it's through um, other people you know, your friends and family, maybe you see a therapist, you get the support that you need so that you're able to give your kid the continued love and support that they're going to need as they go through their transition. And that in the end, it really is going to be okay. I think that's a really nice note to end on. So thank you so much, you Liv and Zoe, for joining us. And thank all the listeners for joining us on the Cisgender Why Should I Care podcast. 
Please remember to check out the link in the description box for the Trans Youth Equality Foundation. There's also a link to register to vote because whether or not you care about politics, politics deeply cares about you. Also a reminder that normally the articles referenced in this podcast would be linked in the description box. Well, we hope to see you next time on November 6th, where we'll be talking about the history of the transgender community. Thank you.